listening to The Edge, everything bass fishing, coming to you worldwide from Megawind Keelguard Studios. Aaron, here we are, man. The ball has dropped. Welcome to 2023 Bass Edge Radio. 17 years, my friend. 17 years. Can you believe that? Uh, 17 years is a sure sign we are getting older, Kurt, and that means <laughs> that means 17 years that MegaWare Keelguard has been with us from day one since inception. Uh, certainly all the products there with the first do-it-yourself keel protector, the battery guard, the flex step, I know one of your favorite, the uh, skeg guard, and certainly all of those things can be found at keelguard.com. Kurt, like you said, 17 years, but yet we're still coming out with a lot of stuff to do here in January right off the bat. You know, you've got Big Rock Sports Show coming up. I do. I do. January 1 is here, episode 391, and I'm going straight to Nashville. So, uh, yeah, we got Hayabusa over at the uh, Big Rock Show coming up. Uh, Obviously, the job never ends, whether it's Bass Edge or Hayabusa or professional bass fishing. It continues on. And, uh, man, we've got a great show lined up for the guests today. But before we get there, dude, are you got sand in your toes or what? (laughs) Yeah, what's the the great song uh, by Zach Brown Band? That is what I have been doing. I've been fortunate to uh, be at Turks and Caicos, uh, hanging out with the girls, Diana, Maya, and Malia, and just taking some time off, rest and relaxation in the warm weather. So happy to be doing that. And I know, I think, Kurt, you've got a brief amount of time, and that's certainly for Rhonda's birthday party. Where are you guys headed? Yeah, man. Well, actually, just kicked that back a week or so ago. We uh, we went out to the desert, and it was freaking freezing. Dude, I can't believe how cold it got, you know, right there toward the end of the year. Now, you know, things are coming back around, but bro, I mean, we were down in like the teens down here in South Texas. I know it was cold everywhere else. I remember a couple weeks ago, Megaware got blasted with like a three-day snowstorm. So it seems like uh, winter has taken hold and uh, maybe also in the world of bass fishing, seeing water temps in the 40s already. It's moving along fast here for uh, the first part of January. It is, it is. But, uh, you know, I'm still very excited. Kurt, I've got to really get out and get kind of the, the new nitro, I guess, uh, looking forward to that arrival. And certainly with the, the care package that Cabela's and Bass Pro sent us, I want to throw out just a, a big thanks to them. And, and certainly we're uh, looking forward to being involved with them coming for the 2023 season absolutely man some exciting stuff going to be happening with bass edge this year we appreciate all the listeners being here and uh stay tuned like i mentioned earlier we got a great show coming for you you know we've got uh, a great seg b aaron talking about a little mystery tackle box we're going to dive into that some people might not know all the neat little deals that uh that little subscription service or service you can grab on a retail shelf has but then also So, look, starting off the year with the king of the hill in 2022, Brandon Polinick, going to be with us today. So, uh, great show lineup. Y'all stay tuned. Bass Edge will be right back after this message. Nitro Performance Bass Boats. Get pro-level performance with the Nitro Z18, the official boat of Major League Fishing. The Z18, with its nimble handling and versatility, sports many of the features in the larger boats in the line, like a Guardian Live Well, a heavily insulated cooler, dual 8-foot rod storage, and our smooth and fast NVT hull. Every Nitro boat is laid out to do one thing very well, catch fish. Enormous front decks up to 45 square feet on the Z21 allow maximum mobility when battling unruly bass and feature low-profile gunnels for ease of skipping, pitching, flipping, or landing fish. Nitro Performance Bass Boats, pure fishing machines. 
Aaron, as I recently mentioned in the intro there, coming into the show, man, a great segment B we've got set up. You know, through my work with Hayabusa, I was able to have some interaction with Alex Moon, the product planning expert at Mystery Tackle Box. And I learned a few things about this subscription box service that I definitely thought we should pass along to our listeners. So let's move right into what Mystery Tackle Box and their options that they have available. And this is a great way for anglers to increase their bass fishing tackle knowledge. Alex, great to have you on Bass Edge Radio. Hey, Darren. Thanks for having me on. Happy to be here. Alex, great to have you. You know, when I think of subscription box services, typically I'm thinking more on the younger, you know, age, but also just um, maturity in the sport of fishing, of possibly who you would cater to. But there's many options, really, that you provide to anglers of all levels. Can you more or less summarize the types of tackle boxes that you guys are offering? Yeah, absolutely. So Mystery Tackle Box really curates a great fishing customer experience to basically any angler from intermediate to beginner all the way up to you know some experienced professional fishermen who are just looking to broaden their tackle arsenal so we have boxes catered towards just about every species that swims um, our bread and butter is certainly bass and we offer three product offerings on the subscription there and same for the other species so we have multi-species panfish and trout saltwater walleye and we recently got into the fly fishing space as well um, we have a subscription box called post fly which offers um, striper fishermen or trout fishermen, a great offering of flies, educational content, things like that. Um, but whether you're, you know, somebody getting into the sport or somebody who just wants to figure out kind of the newest and best products in the market, it's a great way to discover those kind of things through Mystery Tackle Box. Yeah, Alex. And two, you know, uh, another part of this process is I was always kind of shied away from these like mail subscription services. You know, you kind of mm-hmm. get the box monthly and, and you pay whether it's a six month or three month or 12 month subscription. But now that I've kind of raised my awareness with this product, I'm seeing them in retail shelves too. And these higher end boxes that you're talking about, you know, the yeah. elite box and the and the pro box, where can consumers find these at retailers to kind of give them a, a test run, you might say, before they may be interested in doing a subscription service or, or even just continually buy them from retail outlets, maybe? Yeah, great question. So, we can be found in retailers all over the country. We work with Walmart, Dick Sporting Goods, Menards, Kohl's, Academy, and Shields for all of our friends up north. Um, it's cool, too, because a lot of these retailers will have kind of exclusive boxes. So Walmart, for example, right now is selling our 12 Days of Fishmas, which is an advent calendar that provides <laughs> nice. our customers with uh, 12 slots. In each one of those slots, they'll get a different product. So, you know, like when you're a kid, you're opening them the uh, boxes and getting a piece of chocolate. We wanted to up the ante a little bit and offer some fishing <laughs> tackle for the, for the diehards out there. Dick Sporting Goods, on the other hand, has a couple of really premium, really cool options. My favorite product is called the Bass Reserve Crate. This comes in a really cool wooden crate. Um, it weighs like 25 pounds. It comes with, I think, $250 worth of tackle. Um, and you get a great discount on it. So that's exclusive to the exporting goods. They also have a juggernaut box, which is slightly lower price point, um, all the way down to our best regular box, fast regular boxes, which you can pick up for $19.99. So there's an option for everybody. And same, you know, as a subscription, we offer different species of mystery tackle boxes for anybody looking to pick up for trout tackle, for saltwater tackle, walleye tackle, et cetera. And we also actually have two brick and mortar retail stores, which are new as of this year. 
Um, we have one down in Fort Worth, Texas, and we recently opened up one in Mall of America in Minneapolis. Wow. wow. Moving up the chain. Quick question on number one, you mentioned the price point and that you get more in the box than, than what you pay for. What, what would you say the average is being like the product planner of these boxes? If, if I buy a box for $20, mm-hmm. the lowest price point box, how much product am I actually going to get from like an MSRP level of in, that's yeah. going to be inside that box? Yeah, that's a great question. So a typical product makeup for our, let's just say our best regular box, which is that $20 price point, you'll typically get anywhere between $25 to $28 of MSRP value in that box. And you'll nice. always get a premium hard bait, two packs of plastics, and either like a jig, a spinner bait, a chatter bait, um, and then always we'll always hook you up with the appropriate pack of hooks that will accompany that plastic. Wow, very, very cool, great setup. The uh, boxes you mentioned too, they kind of coincide with seasonal behavior patterns. If you do the subscription service, is that right? Absolutely, we take a lot of pride in curating seasonally appropriate boxes. So if you're fishing the free spawn, you're always going to be hooked up with you know, a high quality square bill, a chatter bait, um, and the plastics that are going to catch fish off beds. You know, you go into the colder water months, you're going to look for a flat sided crankbait, a jerk bait. I know, um, Kurt, you're close with IMA. We've done the IMA flit and their IMA suspending shad, jerk shad, uh, a handful of times. And those are always really well received during those times of the month. So, you know, we work with a ton of different vendors and we always want to make sure that the products we're featuring are as seasonally appropriate as we possibly can make them. Yeah, one of the big cliches, you know, in fishing, Alex, is the don't fish the past, right? And, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of receiving something that I don't pick out. I always tell my family, it's like, you're trying to buy me, you know, fishing tackle is, is, is very difficult because they're not in the sport. However, you guys have the experts. You're sending it seasonally appropriate according to the time of the year. But also, I, I can see an advantage of when this shows up, kind of puts something in my boat that, hey, I need to go out and try this bait because instead of relying on the old has-beens and then wondering why my fishing is more has been of not checking you know cashing checks anymore um maybe something like this can help you know help take me over the top by by throwing new stuff we certainly hope so that's our goal alex it's it's been pretty cool that each box is also specifically numbered right so how do those numbers correlate with the box and do they translate into what month it was sent so for example if i get you know box 506 and and i call aaron and i'm like dude this is a sweet box. You're not going to believe what you're going to get in it for, you know, the, the cost of, of the uh, of the purchase. Um, how, do, how do those numbers correlate? I noticed the numbers on the boxes themselves. Yeah. So the, the numbered boxes are actually specifically for our retailers. So we get a lot okay. of repeat customers who go back to their Walmart or Dick's Sporting Goods and they're looking to buy another Bass Pro box, for example. Um, let's say they picked up box 30 their first time in the store. They can go back to Dick's Sporting Goods or Walmart and they'll recognize, oh, box 30 is still on the shelf, but right next to it is box 34. They will know that box 34 is going to have an entirely different content of product than box nice. 30 will. So it makes an easy decision for the customer to make sure they're not going to buy a repeat box and get those same X amount of baits again. 
man, it sounds like you guys have thought just about everything. Man. And uh, Mystery Tackle Box, so much more than than I thought it was when I learned about Mystery Tackle Box five, six years ago. So, uh, man, I appreciate you being on Bass Edge Radio, letting the listeners kind of know what's going on with Mystery Tackle, all the different options that they can look forward to getting. Can you reiterate again just one more time how to sign up for a subscription if people are interested or to get more information about Mystery Tackle Box? Absolutely. You guys can head to mysterytacklebox.com. At the moment, we're offering 15% off um, and we'll continue to do so for a while, I believe. You can also find us, as I mentioned, in Walmart, Dick's Sporting Goods, and a plethora of other retailers across the country. And I appreciate you guys having me on and let me talk about a product that, you know, we're very excited and passionate about. Yeah, fantastic. Alex, I appreciate the time and, and uh, taking it here with Bass Edge Nation. In the meantime, be sure to check out Mystery Tackle Box there. But before we head on to our next segment, which is a very exciting segment, mind you, I'm going to be talking about uh, a two-time angler of the year visiting with Brandon. But before we do, let's take a quick break. And Kurt and I will be right back with the Angler Spotlight. I am MLF BPT Angler Dakota Ebert. I am BASF Elite Series Pro Brock Mosley. I am professional angler James Niggemeyer. This is Bass Pro Shops U.S. Open Champions Logan Parks and Tucker Smith right here on Bass Edge Radio. Know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard Keel Protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. Aaron, as I mentioned earlier in the intro, man, we got a great featured angler spotlight right here. Starting off 2023 and a new year with the uh, King of the Hill. Did you play that game when you were a kid, King of the Hill, Aaron? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't very good at it, but yeah, I did play, I did play it. I got a lot of bumps and bruises. <laughs> well, well, this guy is on the King of the Hill in the 2022 Bassmaster Elite Series, man. We're going to find out how will he work to improve? How can he achieve back-to-back AOI titles, man? These, along with other engaging topics, will be the discussion with BASS Elite Series angler Brandon Polinick. Brandon, excellent to have you back on Bass Edge Radio. We appreciate you taking time to be with us today. And I'm excited to be here. It's been a little while since I've been on the show. Glad that we can kick off the new year with me being on here. Uh, hopefully that's a sign of good things to come for 2023. Yes, it has been a minute, Brandon. And, uh, you know, as Kurt had mentioned, not only congrats on just the 2022 BASS Elite Series Angler of the Year, but also the second Angler of the Year title in your 12-year career. And, uh, you know, now that it's been, you know, several months, you've had time to let things sort of sink in. What are your first thoughts of reflection in 2022's performance that's really going to kind of propel you into 2023 and get you on that trajectory for going back to back? Man, it's definitely different. You know, I, I feel like every win is in its own way really special. 
you know, the first one was super special because it kind of proved that I had some consistency somewhere in my bones. Uh, Because prior to that, I wasn't always considered the most consistent guy. (laughs) And then to be able to do it two times, you know, in a 12-year career is pretty special. I think the coolest thing about this one is that I did it the same year that my daughter was born and, you know, and she was born right in the middle of the season. And that was super stressful, uh, but to be able to go back and look at it on video and stuff and how everything played out makes for just a really awesome story. And I think as I get older in my career, I start to understand the little things that, you know, become important and you really are able to look back a lot better and kind of understand why I was able to, succeed this year you know and I, I fished very very fluid and free but I also fished with a purpose I knew that there was a really high potential that I may miss Pickwick so I started off the season kind of with a little bit of a fire under me to make sure that I caught as much weight possible <laughs> right. as many points possible so that if I missed that tournament I can still make the classic but it's interesting you know in, in my years that I fished the elite series there was a definitive baby pattern going on Right. I mean, it was, uh, you know, guys would, would you know, be ready. It is real. It's a real deal. But no one's ever won AOY on the baby pattern. <laughs> I think this is a new culmination, Brandon. But, you know, now that you've kind of been through it, is there more motivation when you know, like, God, I'm about to take on this new responsibility. I'm going to be a father. You've got is the is there more pressure to succeed and that's what kind of makes that baby power work or what's the inside scoop on your thought from that process i almost think it's the opposite okay Um, there's a bit of that where you know guys are like oh well i need to get them because i need this check to buy more diapers (laughs) Uh, but i i honestly think the biggest part of it is that we tend to put so much pressure on performing right and doing well and succeeding and all of our focus I mean, as bass anglers, we're obsessed with that, right? Everything else kind of takes a backseat. Yeah. Um, I think when you are welcoming a child into the world, that shifts your perspective. And so all of a sudden, you still have all of the tools to succeed, but you're not overthinking it. All of a sudden, it's not the most important thing in your life. Right. And you're able to kind of shift that perspective. And for me, I feel like that helps. And maybe things are evolving throughout the day, throughout the tournament, throughout the year more naturally than being completely focused on it and pushing too hard. Yeah, 100%. And I think that happens all the time, right? As you're constantly kind of second guessing these decisions or you're afraid to make this decision because it might not work out. But when you're starting to have a kid, you're like, well, I just got to do this. I'm just going to make this decision and see if it's going (laughs) to go good or it's not. But at the end of the day, my kid's still going to love me, hopefully. Right. And and your wife. (laughs) Yeah. And my wife. That's very important also. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you know, I really like that thoughtfulness and and understanding about how that could adjust an angler's motivation, mental attitude, these kinds of things that that enhance, you know, on the water tournament results in, in performance. But outside of that, have you figured out like a secret sauce, man? I mean, let's state that 12 year career, you know, you came right from the Federation. So I, I don't want to say that, you know, you hadn't done some national fishing. We, we've talked about some of that on previous podcasts, how, you know, you'd been traveling the country, doing the co-angler thing, the FLW co-angler win at Norman. If nobody remembers that, that was a 
piece of this pie, you know, and and a lot of things that happened that that created a an opportunity that that you pounced on essentially uh, coming maybe from your wrestling days, right? So so um, <laughs> yeah. then once you launched right into that classic, had some great success right into the elite series. You mentioned kind of up and down throughout your performance. But man, over the last several years, super consistent, just, you know, whether whatever it was, even through a tour change there for 12, 24 month, you know, time frame. What's the secret sauce that you feel like you've got an advantage over your competitors? You know, like you'll see a young guy come and you're like, man, he's going to be good, but he doesn't quite have this yet. But I see you can watch him evolve. What is it that you have that you're better at catching bass than most anglers at tournament bass? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily better at catching them. Well, you've already proven that. <laughs> you've I already had a proven shift it. in perspective. <laughs> True. Twice I've caught them better than anybody else, I guess. Over the course of a year, on average, I caught them better. Um, it's I really I had a, a shift in perspective. I always was a kind of win at all cost guy. You know, like I didn't care if I finished 90th. But I was going to be hunting a way to win. And I really had a shift in perspective, creating more damage control Mm. and having a better understanding of that. You're just not going to be able to win every single event, but you put yourself in a lot better odds if you recognize that. It's not that I don't still try to win every single time. I'm just a lot better at recognizing what caliber of fish I'm on or what type of bite I'm on that is going to, you know, how that's going to play out the rest of the week. And, you know, sometimes those turn into wins. Uh, but a lot of times during practice, you just don't land on that winning pattern of fish. And so you really you try to make the most out of that event as possible. So I try to, I always say, catch as much weight as you possibly can every single day. And that sounds so obvious because it is we have a cumulative weight to win so yeah catch as much weight as you can every day but when you really think about it and break it down it takes massive goals like winning aoi and it puts them down into these bite-sized chunks that you can absorb and actually make decisions so that it's not so overwhelming right you don't feel like your next decision is going to be the fate of AOI, especially early on in the year. So you're able to break it down and really look at it and say, okay, what do I need to do right now to catch more weight than I have in the live well? And then if you go catch a big one, then you make that decision again. And uh, I feel like that's really helped a lot. Yeah. You know, Brandon, I look back and think back 12 years ago when we kind of first became really introduced and started doing more of these interviews with you. And you were kind of the next generation, right? I mean, you were would be the equivalent because of our age difference and things like that. But now the tables have kind of turned. Obviously, you've added a tremendous amount of consistency times two since then. And, and now you've got that next generation that's coming in kind of below you. As you look at those that are coming in, trying to be the elite series. What are their biggest challenges to be kind of developing, I guess, that consistency and being able to survive and not even thrive, but just be able to stay out on the national tour? I think the biggest thing is coming in and being able to kind of shift that perspective rather than not get caught up in what you should be doing on a body of water, but rather fishing it for the conditions that are there in front of you. Uh, I used to have a really bad habit of that. I see a lot of young guys 
do that because there's so much information out there now that you can have a really good understanding of how to go catch them on a body of water, right? If it's a place that we've been to a lot of times, you know, a Toledo Bend, Rayburn, Lake Fork, like you're going to have a really good idea no matter what time of year it is of how to go catch those fish. But the reality is, is that the conditions don't always line up for that scenario to happen. So you end up spending the first two days of your practice chasing something that's not happening. And then by day three, you're like, Oh, this is actually not the right condition. <laughs> and then you're behind the eight ball. Uh, and I used to do that all the time. You know, there's so many different ways to catch a fish, but everybody has a confidence. What's Brandon's confidence right now? Is it out scoping? Is it staying shallow with a big stick? Is it chucking and winding mid depth? Where do you tend to find yourself repeatedly having success right now? I probably find myself kind of in that middle zone. And I I look for that, I call it kind of the dead zone. It's where there's not really a lot of contours. The guys that like to fish offshore that tend to lean that direction, it's shallower than a lot of those guys are idling or looking around. And it's behind the backs of the guys that are flipping shallow. Right. And it's kind of in that in-between zone where there's a lot of times not a lot there. But it gives me something different. And I've really started to lean on that just because of Mega 360. And over the years, I've constantly found different pieces of structure in that zone where there's not a lot of guys fishing. And it usually comes from fishing down the bank. And then you realize out off to the side, there's this beautiful rock pile or this brush pile (laughs) or something. Right. And uh, a lot of times, depending on the time of year, that those are staging areas for those fish. And it's really worked out, you know, the last few years to kind of have a lot of that stuff to myself. Very cool. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the next segment about some of that 360 technology, little forward facing sonar, all kinds of stuff. We're going to get into more topics, but we're going to take a quick break, power pull down for a moment, pay a few bills. Bass Edge listeners, y'all stay tuned. We're going to have more from BASS Elite Series angler Brandon Polinick right after this short break. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio is presented in part by Bass Pro Shops, returning with 2022 BASS Elite Series Angler of the Year, Brandon Palinek, in this episode's featured angler spotlight. Bass Pro Shops, the best in fishing, hunting, and boating gear. Brandon, you are working on some particular techniques or improvements maybe this offseason that could be on display in 2023 Elite Series campaign. What do you see? We talked a little bit before the break about some strengths where you like to lean on, you know, uh, as of recent. What do you see as far as, uh, you know, holes in your game that you are looking to improve going into the next campaign? Man, uh, I'm not going to give too much away because it's only January 1. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to give too much, too many of the goods away. But I would say one of the biggest things that I do every year is I try to be more and more efficient. 
with my time, knowing that we only have you know, a set amount of hours out there on the water. And so how do you make the most of that available time, right? And if I can change something up uh, that allows me to you know, get another 15 or 20 casts every tournament day, that adds up, you know, by the end of the season. And I've spent a little bit of time uh, messing around with the forward-facing sonar a little bit more and getting that more dialed in because that's something that I just hadn't leaned on a lot in the past. Hmm. I still feel like it has its time and place, but it's something that I know I can be more efficient at. Good point. And, and let me let me run with that a, a step further, you know, kind of just – anglers that we've had on here of course it seems like every episode that we do brandon you know we're talking about some mention right of forward facing sonar it's just that prevalent now in the sport and it seems or it appears and maybe you could and and kurt could provide some feedback on this uh it, it seems like it it is creating a better understanding perhaps of fish behavior. Is that something that, that you're seeing? And if, if it is kind of what's some of the highlights, I guess, of things that you've recognized in the past couple of years that's helped to kind of alter, you know, and create this new perception change or paradigm shift that you speak of. I would say one of the biggest things you don't realize how much fish move, you know, like, I guess like how much they'll transition in and out to places, um, you know, really understanding that this is a feeding window and then these fish aren't going to be here. They come and they go. And it's amazing how, how much you see that, right? Even on a spot, like say it's a rock pile, like how much those fish move around there. It's not very often that they're just sitting. Um, and to give you an example, I was just out breaking my boat in. Oh, uh, you know, a little while ago and was on the water and water temps, 41 degrees. You'd think that those fish would be freezing, just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> and they're swimming around so fast that you can barely get a cast on them. And so that, that really opened my eyes, right, to especially in conditions like that where we had really heavy preconceived notions of how those fish react is that they're a lot of times way more active than what we think in situations. And the opposite holds true also. You know, there's times when they're a lot more inactive. And even though you can see them, you don't catch them. Like if they don't want to bite, you just don't catch them. And so that's the thing that makes me laugh the most of everyone saying that, you know, forward facing sonar is like the end of bass fishing and like all the fish are going to get caught. Trust me, I've been on the water enough times that just because you can see them does not mean you can catch them. Yeah, my biggest surprise is how many fish are just swimming around in la-la land out there. You know, like oh, like, yeah. like you mentioned, I mean, they're, they're just not stuck to the cover as often as I thought they were, you know, years past. Um, and and th- there are some that, that are stuck there, and, and a lot of times you can catch them. But sometimes there's several there, and you can't get them to bite, just like you talk about. But a lot of these younger generation that are really locked into that live forward-facing sonar, and they – like I've had myself say this over the last couple of years, you know, in the opens or, or on the pro circuit. Like, what is that kid doing out there in the middle of nowhere, right? And then he wakes yeah. in 20 pounds. I'm like, okay, something, something's going on right here. It's just yeah. weird how many fish are out there, but yet now you can target them in, in that. I remember Aaron Martins uh, many years ago just talking about how hard it was to catch suspended fish, and he'd see them, and, and now it's doable. I mean, he knew that there was a lot of fish out there 10, 15 years ago, and, and he'd see them, but he just couldn't 
catch them. But now if we can stay focused on them with that the technology, you, you have a much better chance. It's it's not foolproof by any means. I like the way he said that, Brandon, there, there is no real uh, – bass that are going to go into extinct <laughs> because we're going to catch them all <laughs> no they'll always adapt and like at the end of the day we're still targeting such a small population of those fish i mean there's still so many of them and when they're swimming around like that you just can't catch them all you know it'd be different if we're going on a merry-go-round in a little tiny pond but it, in a big body of water they're just too much cover, too much open water for those fish to roam. And I think that's why you only saw these really big weights and stuff in the springtime, right? Because the fish would congregate toward the bank to get ready to spawn. And then there's this massive population. Really, the majority of the fish are just out there, just out there roaming. And that's pretty wild to think, you know, places like my house, I've always heard of the guys trout fishing out over four or 500 foot of water and they'd catch a five pound smallmouth 30 foot down, you know, be trolling flies or something and catch a giant smallmouth out there. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes to show you, they just roam. They don't care. We talk about forward facing sonar a lot. You know, you work with, with hummingbird and been running hummingbirds for as long as I can remember. And, uh, I mean, you've got this 360, you know, it was talked about a lot six years ago, five, six years ago, but, but it's kind of been a little bit in the background with this other technology. But you you talked about it already in the first segment of this interview, and and I want to break into that a little bit more. This 360 technology from home. really, there's not another electronics company out there that's duplicated that. You've you know guys that the anglers running Hummingbird have had this for some time now. How effective and how important is it, and your utilization of it to your success? If you could equate that for us. Oh man, it is. I would say Mega 360 and even the previous version when it was just 360 and it, you didn't have the clarity or the distance that you have now. Mm-hmm. That technology has probably put more dollars in my bank account than anything else in the last six or seven years. It's amazing how well that works in so many situations. Right? I mean, that's where there's some situations where your forward-facing sonar just doesn't work well right you get on these big expansive grass flats and things like that and it if you're out on the edge yeah it works but you start getting in getting on those big flats like it just doesn't work that well you know you get too shallow it doesn't work but the 360 is gonna work as long as you're trolling as long as it's in the water it's gonna work and i think the biggest difference is that there's nothing else that gives me a better understanding of why a bass is actually where they are when I catch them. And what I mean by that is that with the Mega 360, you're essentially getting a the entire picture of how that area lays out. And I'll usually run mine out 115 feet and you're picking up on the little differences, right? And so it's, Oh, I caught that bass on this grass edge. But one thing that you see with 360 that you're not going to see with live is you realize that, oh, there's this slight little, you know, depression creek channel that runs up against it. You know, there's there's this slight bottom composition change. And that's just really hard to see with forward-facing sonar. You know, that, that real subtle changes uh you know it might just be a a soft depression where you know years ago a creek had ran out or something like that an old creek channel had silted in Mm -hmm. you don't pick up on that stuff but sometimes that 
you know, four or five inch difference in depth can be the reason why that fish is there. And so it helps you begin to pattern these fish. And it, most of the time, my live ends up shining based on something that I saw in my 360. So I'm going to point it towards something that I saw in 360, whether that's a, a lay down, a brush pile, rock pile, stump, you know, it just, it gives you the, that 30,000 foot view of what's actually going on and why those fish are there. I appreciate the breakdown because there's, I think a lot of times that, you know, we've heard so much about the forward facing sonar, Brandon, that it just, you know, kind of gets lost in the translation of, of the difference between, um, with the hummingbird system. And, and using that like like you described, so I appreciate that. Quick question, you know, you talked about being out there and kind of where, where you're from and setting in several hundred feet of water and, and you know, fishing for trout and that. But i got to also throw out there, what is the deal with all the giant smallies coming out of Idaho this past fall? You know, I'm, I'm sure most of the locals there want to kind of keep that a secret or an under wraps. But, you know, what kind of information can you shed on the, on the smallie fishing? You think we're going to get something out of Brandon on this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely been getting uh, a lot more exposure. You know, really the biggest thing is it's the trout. And we call it vitamin T. That's <laughs> the key ingredient. That's It's no different than when California, you know, kind of first really hit the map. Everybody was catching these giant, you know, 15 to 20 pound largemouth. You know, those are all trout eaters. Those are all lakes that they had stocked trout in. Uh, you know, a lot of ours are native trout, but the biggest one for the smallmouth is the kokanee. And you can see the differences when those kokanee cycle because really all fish species will have a cycle you know where you have really good spawn years and not so much others and to speak specifically to this last fall we're in a time where those kokanee have really cycled and there's way more of them and they're the perfect eater size for smallmouth you know there's millions of them that are three to five inches long. And every time that happens, the smallmouth population booms. For me, it's really hard to understand because a seven or an eight pound smallmouth, it's not like it's five years old. You know, that fish is probably pushing 15, 16 years old. And for that fish just to like all of a sudden show up because there's all these little kokanee blows my mind. But when that, when the kokanee population, they start getting bigger, they're seven, eight, 10, 11 inches, and there's not as many of them, you just don't see as many big smallmouth. But they got to be out there because they don't, like I said, they're 16, 17 years old. They don't just randomly show up two years later. It's crazy. We see we see some of that same stuff down here at Amistad sometimes where, you know, fishing goes through a tough cycle and then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're catching 60 or 70 fish a day over a three or four month period with lots of six to eight pounders. <laughs> and it's like, where, where did they come from? They, they have been around yeah. somewhere, you know. It's it's kind of the same phenomenon. But man, you get those YouTubers going. That's that's what happens to this deal. You get a couple eight pound smallies and in you know high thirties, low forty pound bags of smallmouth up in Idaho, and all of a sudden uh, the YouTubers go up there and it is on like Donkey Kong down here at Lake Ivy. You've seen all the the gist down here going on, I'm sure, in Texas. And uh, man, you go to Lake Ivy right now. There's on a Wednesday, there's 30, 40 boats at each ramp on the lake. They're just crushing the joint. So you think Idaho's going to start to see that influx of tourism to catch some big smallies? 
Um, we've already seen it a little bit. I'm hoping that we're far enough away that <laughs> it's not easy, right? Like guys can't just drive here in a day. Right. You're at a minimum two days from anything else bass fishing. You know, for like the majority of the population of guys, but like Ivy, pretty much the entire eastern part of the United States, they can drive there in almost a day, or, you know, or Very close true. to it. So I'm hoping that we don't get that massive influx because we don't have a ton of fish. We're really big ones. Uh, but I don't think we have the huge fish populations that you see down south. And, I mean, guys are going to show up and realize that like, it's not as easy as make it look. <laughs> you don't just That's always show up and just automatically catch eight-pounders. Yeah, you go to a tournament and uh, you, you look at some results of the weeks before and you see these 15 to 25-pound bags and the whole field's got great limits and teens. You're like, oh, man, we're going to go down here and wreck them. And, and all of a sudden, you know, after 10 hours on the lake, you're like, dude, what am I missing? <laughs> that's, yeah. That's yeah, part, I mean, of, all part of the process. 100%. All right, man. Another listener question that we got came through our Instagram, social media. You know, big shout out to Nitro Performance Bass Boats for bringing in this segment. Interestingly enough, I don't have this person's name. It came through social. You see this sometimes. But uh, Les M001. I, I, I don't know how else to say this, but it was a great question. So I've got to ask this. He's I think he's from Michigan because he's wearing a tiger's hat in, in a lot of his uh, in a lot of his uh, social media posts. But and he catches some great fish. But uh, his question is, how do you best use forward-facing sonar in windy conditions when spot lock's going to be moving the transducer constantly? Uh, that is a great question, and there's really only two options. One is you just don't use spot lock, and you have to just stay on the trolling motor and adjust your positioning but like we used to have to do before there was such a thing called spot lock. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when spot lock came out and everyone was like, this is the biggest thing in bass fishing ever. Yeah. And then now you don't, you don't hear anything about spot lock anymore. It's all forward facing sonar. That's correct. It's right. kind of funny. Um, really the thing that a lot of guys have been doing now is running a separate turret. So I think Minkota and the Hummingbird with their one boat network is done the best version of that with target lock because it allows you to go back and forth. So I never ran a separate arm for my live before because I wanted to be able to use it with the trolling motor and move around and scan around without having to push more buttons. And so the thing that they've done that kind of blows everybody else out of the water on that is that you have the ability to press a button on your graph, go into Minkota steer, and I can control it with my trolling motor, or then I can go just into target lock, or I can move my target lock while in spot lock, and it's on a separate shaft. I can scan around while I'm in spot lock. I can press and hold on my Mega 360. Say I see a rock pile out there. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. can press and hold on that rock pile, hit target lock, and it will actually turn my Mega Live transducer over to that rock pile and it will lock on that. So if the boat shifts, then that live transducer is always going to be locked on that piece of structure. That's pretty crazy technology to be able to do that. And so it just, it helps a lot in those windy situations, being able to go back and forth between being able to use your trolling motor when you're moving around. And then when you do spot lock, having that separate, you know, shaft mounted 
for your Mega Live. Yeah, I think Johnson Controls is the only manufacturer that's come up with their own live yep. lock. So every everything else is is a. Uh, you know, from a separate third-party manufacturer. So they're head of the ball game on that one for sure. I, I would say throw out there, put the seat on the front and lean on it and hold that trolling motor as best you can to stay on the structure, <laughs> yeah. which was your, your first option. But uh, that's uh, depending on where you're at as far as uh, manufacturers and what kind of graphs you're using and, and trolling motor and, and that kind of stuff. Those are some great insights there, Brandon. Thanks for letting us know about that process. Yeah, thanks, Brandon, for sending that in. And uh, certainly, LEZM001, we uh, one more thing for you. That kind of reminds me of your old stage name. I'm not sure if that right. – uh, anyway. So, um, But, Brandon, again, thanks for the response. And we certainly need to hear from LEZM001, and that is the information of where to send out the Bass Edge gift, letting us know that you heard Brandon answer your question right here on Episode 391. And as always, a reminder to the listeners – Fire in those questions through our website. Simply click the Ask the Pros tab, or you'll see some posts with our Facebook and Instagram. Send in those listener questions. You'll hear them here right on the show. Well, uh, Brandon, certainly another exceptional interview, as always, extremely thoughtful. Any closing thoughts or remarks as we begin to shut down? I guess the biggest thing is just we'll see what happens this year. <laughs> Everyone starts back at zero. So AOI was last year. This year is uh, to be determined. I love it. And Brandon's just like, we'll just roll the dice, see what comes up. Exactly. Brandon, sincerely appreciate you taking time again for us here with uh, Bass Edge, man. Happy New Year. Best of luck. 2023 BASS Elite Series Tour. Y'all stay with us. Aaron and I will be right back with some final thoughts on this episode of Bass Edge Radio. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything else other than the original and toughest DIY keel protector for your boat, MegaWare Keel Guard. Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our exclusive contoured edge and patented technology. MegaWare Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the longest-lasting, most dependable keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. Developed specifically by boat builders, offering the best keel protection in the industry. Also for MegaWare Keel Guard, Skeg Guard, Flex Step Pro, and Pontoon Guard. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. MegaWare Keel Guard. The PowerPole Charge Marine Power Management Station is the most advanced system of its kind available on the market. It does the work of three devices, a traditional battery charger, a charge on the run, and an emergency start system all in one compact unit. The charge lets you run your boat's accessories the way you want to run them by allowing you to monitor and control your power usage through the PowerPole app. It automatically devotes power to the batteries that need it the most for maximum efficiency. The new charge from PowerPole. Power where you need it. Power how you need it. Power when you need it. Kurt, I don't know that I've ever heard vitamin T, vitamin T mentioned when it comes to uh, supplements for fish. Sounds like an important ingredient. It does. You need, you it need does. To get some of that. Maybe maybe we should take a little bit of that vitamin T. Yes. Yes. Do you uh, like trout? Uh, it's it's just okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I'm I'm not a trout eater. I'm not. So. Yeah. Same. So I'll pass on the vitamin T. But if you can keep feeding it to the bass, sounds like a good deal, according to Brandon. So uh, pretty cool to hear a little bit about the northern big smallie explosion. But uh, man, kicking off the new year with the 
King of the Hill, I repeat, <laughs> from 2022. Pretty cool show, dude. Pretty cool show. Yeah, and I like his I like his demeanor and just it's a very calm. Obviously, we've we've been with him right since he hit the tour, so it's kind of neat to see where he's how he's uh, evolved, I guess, into the angler that he is. But but yeah, I really really liked his his episode. Yeah, all of his responses, like you can tell, he's looking for the right word to describe what he's really thinking. It always tends to, with Brandon, come to a mental game too. It always kind of comes back to the mental thing. But I like how he talked about he's leaning on that mid-depth zone. I think an area that a lot of anglers overlook is that mid-depth zone. We've seen this in other anglers that have been extremely successful. One comes to mind very quickly is Brian Thrift. He is a mid-depth zone guy as well and, and often finds fish that are overlooked or in between that bank I don't want to call them, you know, bank beaters, but, you know, anglers that focus on that real shallow bank oriented cover versus the anglers that focus more on the deep drops or brush piles out off of the bank. And and, and they're finding success in that no man's land, like Brandon put it. So uh, something for, for people to tap into, use that technology. The uh, side scan, super critical. Obviously, Brandon's leaning heavily on 360. Probably doesn't get enough press out there. What do you think? Yeah, for sure. And I I'm, I appreciated him bringing that up. But I, I also really took a lot from his comment about how often fish move, you know. And I think that's with him kind of concentrating on what you call that no man's land or zone or that kind of that mid-depth um, is, is why he's so successful. And, and just, you know, I, I also took much from when he said about, you know, the forward-facing sonar is not going to be the end of bass fishing as we know it. So a lot of great stuff. And certainly I want to encourage everybody to check out the uh, Mystery Tackle Box. A really, really neat concept, neat interview, way to get your hands on uh, some some unique items, uh, kind of cutting-edge stuff out there. So anyway, Kurt, closing thoughts before we shut down. As always, great start to a new year. Thanks for all the listeners. We're going to have a fun journey with Bass Edge in 2023. I hope you'll stay on board with us and uh, continue to learn more about bass fishing from the best in the business right here with Bass Edge Radio. Absolutely, Deco. That I uh, want to give a shout out to all Bass Edge Nation and certainly have many options. And thank you for choosing uh, to be with us here on these particular episodes and certainly look forward to another episode. January 15th will be episode 392. In the meantime, stay on all things Bass Edge through our social media, Facebook, as well as uh, feel free to shoot us an email for Kurt Dove and the rest of the Bass Edge crew. I am Aaron Martin. So long, everybody. The Edge is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Nitro Boats, Midway USA, Mercury Marine, Power Pole, and Transport Graphics.